Good evening, everyone. Uh, it's, it's me as usual, Omar, and I have another guest for um, a tenuous time in collegiate sports. I have Scott Watkins from the Sunbelt Pages. Uh, Scott, would you like to give yourself uh, an even better introduction than I just did? That was the best introduction I've ever gotten on a podcast, and I've been on so many podcasts, so I cannot top that. It is me. It is I. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you come on, you can come on with uh, your summer expertise because the Sun Belt, uh, I guess, like a lot of other conferences are getting aggressive and learning from the Big 12's mistakes back in 2016. And I, I kind of put out a flyer on Twitter last week about if anyone's willing to talk about conference realignment and, and um, you know, just slide in my DMs. And you you did. Uh, there was a little confusion as to as to how we we're going to carry this conversation. And, and we ended up here on this Zoom meeting. And a candidate that you brought up, and it's really, I guess, the, the crux of this podcast is the Mr. Missouri State Bears. Um, and I know that your family and you have a history uh, at Missouri State and uh, Springfield. So I guess, uh, can you divulge on that and really, I guess, stump for the candidacy? Um, Missouri State uh, used to go by Southwest Missouri State. It was located in Springfield, Missouri. I was born in Springfield, Missouri, lived there for two years. My dad went to Southwest Missouri State. He graduated from there. That's the family ties. This now goes by Missouri State, of course. That is where we tie in. Uh, yeah, my, my parents lived there. I don't know how long they lived there. At least maybe five years, I think, maybe. I don't, my dad worked there right after right out of college. He um, got a job in town. He worked there for a while before he moved to Little Rock. And we, we all moved to Little Rock. But yeah, that's our ties to Springfield, and I think that might be why I just went ahead and slid in and, like, thought of the most random team that we could talk about, and it was Missouri State. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting for sure because uh, a lot of the candidates being shuffled in, and I'm sure that you've written about it and talked about it before, our former uh, Conference USA schools either – I guess, just going to the Sunbelt for the first time or returning to it, whether it be like a Florida International um, or FIU, FAU or uh, North Texas. So, I mean, Missouri State's an interesting candidate for a couple of reasons. Uh, something I found interesting just doing like baseline research on Missouri State is their market that they exist in. And I know the Sunbelt has chosen not to go the Conference USA approach and look at markets, but look at actual programs. But Missouri State's in a pretty solid market. They're in the uh, the 73rd biggest TV market, according to Nielsen, in the country. I mean, that's ahead of that's that's ahead of Marshall, who's at 74, ahead of uh, El Paso and um, Las Cruces, which uh, we'll get to later in terms of Mexico State uh, at 94 and Hattiesburg. I think Hattiesburg's in the hundreds, if I'm not mistaken. Um, another candidate for expansion. So I guess um, in terms of market, do you see like any value there? Uh, I'm not sure how much of a foot they have in the St. Louis market, but uh, I mean, Springfield is pretty sizable from what I see. Yeah, because it, it reaches it reaches um, several, it, it just different areas that you don't think about. I can tell you for a fact, the Springfield market does reach into North Arkansas because that's where my grandparents live. And so I spent a lot of time in North Arkansas and they watched the Springfield news. So that's how far Springfield reaches. And I'm sure it reaches North, you know, East, West. That's kind of an area that doesn't really have a major city, but it has a lot of mid-sized cities kind of all in that area. Even when you reach into Northwest Arkansas and you, you tap into to Fayetteville and Springdale and all that stuff over there, that's kind of what the market is. Springfield is a growing city. 
It's a big city. I think the very first Bass Pro ever is in Springfield. It's a very big Bass Pro. You should go sometime. So yeah, I, the market is, it's kind of a surprisingly big market. Like when you said 74th and you were talking about it earlier, I think on Twitter, it surprised me that the Springfield market is as viable as it is, but you're right. After looking into it, it's, it's definitely something that can sustain itself. I guess that ESPN, you know, the, the puppeteer of everything they would be willing to dip into. Yeah, and you mentioned ESPN. I think markets are huge in the fact of, in terms of whether it's a group of five conference, uh, you know, on ESPN Plus, like easily accessible, which most of the Sunbelts games are on on Saturdays, easily accessible, low cost, um, just getting eyes there in that area. Like uh, it's no longer in terms of markets, no longer syndication. Like, uh, I mean, with the American Sports Network with, I mean, or Stadium now. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, it is an interesting perspective there in terms of markets. Uh, competitively like looking at the revenue sports i'm gonna start off with uh with football the biggest one and they've been kind of i guess i guess uh dormant i guess the right term for like the better part of three decades they they did improve a bit um in in the spring season making the playoffs for the first time since 1990 but that was still with a five and four record and a lot and just a smaller pool of playoff teams to pick from uh i guess do you see them emerging if they reach the Sun Belt, or are they kind of like a low ceiling team if they were to, I guess, you know, reach get get promoted into the Sun Belt? I would love to promote Missouri State football. Um, in fact, the very first college game they ever went to was in Conway, Arkansas. It was Central Arkansas in Missouri State. That was like 2005. I don't remember who won, but I can pretty much guarantee it was Central Arkansas. Cause that was a very good program at the time in Missouri state. Like you said, they haven't been good for a really, 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 really long time. And it is kind of a dormant program. Yeah. You might be looking at a, uh, a Texas state situation where they just want to be good and you think they can be good and maybe they'll get over the hump and they just never do. That's kind of what Missouri state football feels like facilities wise. I, I'm not sure where they're at, honestly, their budget would be incredibly competitive in the Sun Belt, so I feel like they could catch up pretty quickly on that end. But as far as football goes, they're not going to if, – if in some world, because I'll come out and say it, Missouri State's like a Tier 3, Tier C uh, expansion team when we talk about what the Sun Belt might want. If in some universe they get pulled up because they aren't in a transition like some of the other candidates, like Sam Houston State and Eastern Kentucky, where they're transitioning into new conferences right now. If they come up, it would take a while. I mean, you're looking at a Texas State situation where they'll succeed in other sports. They'll do very well in other sports. But football, it's not going to happen for a long time. Yeah, I mean, and they're, they're turning the corner a bit for Bobby Petrino, but we all know Bobby Petrino's past uh to say the least the bad boy of college football but um again it's like it's like are we are we do we want to mortgage uh missouri state's candidacy in the future on one fair season in the spring um it, it just doesn't look like a good really risk or investment to make um i mean in in terms of well i guess moving on to basketball in terms of men's and women's basketball uh, start out, well, women's basketball is amazing there. Uh, I think it's like 16 tournament appearances that they've had and a few Sweet 16s, five, five in total. Uh, so they have a solid women's basketball program. Uh, good revenue there to be had there. Men's basketball, not so much, even though it would increase the RPI. And 
with that, I want to know your opinion on how much the Sun Belt should focus on, I guess, improving their basketball pedigree. Because, I mean, I think the route to more units is higher seeds. Um, it like you have a better chance of the upsets and stuff. And I'm not saying that stuff like Georgia State uh, in 20, I think 15 or 16 won't happen, but it's it's harder for it to happen when you're a 14 seed when you're a 15 seed and whatnot. I don't know how much the Sun Belt is going to focus on any other sport, and that includes basketball. I would love for this league to be a lot more competitive on the basketball front. I'm a huge college basketball fan. Missouri State, women's-wise, would make this league so much fun because this is a very good women's basketball league. You know, you already have Troy, which is a very good program. And you throw in Missouri State, they've been good for a long time. They've got a phenomenal infrastructure there in place. They were good when my dad went there. They've been good for a very, very long time, but I don't know how much the Sunbow is going to look at that and put that, you know, on its on its list of pros, why we should bring Missouri State into the league. But for me, I'd love to see it. I think it would do it would be a huge shot in the arm for the women's side of things. Like you said, the men's team, not so great. Um, it's kind of funny, totally off topic. Like a year ago, I was playing college hoops 2K8. And for whatever reason, Missouri, Missouri State signed two five-star players just out of nowhere. And they went to the NCAA tournament like three years in a row. And then they went back to being terrible. Totally off topic, but that's what you made me think of that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, bad, bad, half, basketball is half bad, half amazing at Missouri State. Yeah, I mean, so I, on this basketball front, I think, and I guess maybe I'm kind of biased just being from the land of enchantment, but I think this is a golden opportunity to improve basketball if they grab New Mexico State out of the WAC. Because I think if, uh, while New Mexico State is tied to the WAC, I mean, they're the WAC's most loyal member, arguably, uh, I think they would give anything to be in any other conference at the moment, especially for football. Uh, and, and granted, the WAC's not a multi-bid conference. They'd be going from a single-bid conference to a single-bid conference. So the moves are pretty much lateral. I mean, even though the WAC's adding Sam Houston State, Stephen F. Austin, strong schools out of the Southland, it still is a one-bid conference. With that, I mean, New Mexico State for football has a program that, that is competitive at times, and that, that's the most I'll say about that. But basketball, I mean, we've seen them go to go toe to toe every single year with ranked teams. So um, I, I want to know your thoughts on that, on really getting getting a football program one, but also a really a stronger a stronger program RPI in our terms of RPI with New Mexico State. You say competitive at times, but you put an S at the end of times because there. I think there's only one year where New Mexico State was competitive in the last fifty years. And that was like four years ago or something. <laughs> so, no, um, this would be a terrible thing for the Sun Belt. New Mexico State basketball, I, I get it. I love it. I actually, for whatever reason, I had this weird thing where I just really like watching New Mexico State and New Mexico play whenever they play. I don't know why. But it's just good basketball. They, I feel like everybody in the WAC is going to want to ride out that whole thing that they've got going on because their long-term plan is to be in the FBS, like bring an entire conference up to the FBS level by the end of the decade. That's their plan. And I feel like Mexico state might want to ride that out. I don't think the Sunbelt's going to want to touch the Mexico state, the way that Carl Benson and company like just pushed them out them and Idaho. There's no way they bring them back in. And it was so sad to see because New Mexico state and Idaho, they had, they tried so hard to stay in the league. 
they tried so hard. And it was just, it was one of the situations where Benson and everybody was kind of just like, no, thank you. Sorry. It, it, it was kind of sad, but it was the right move because New Mexico State, I will give you this, New Mexico State's a lot better all around program than Idaho. Idaho needs, they're not even doing well in, at the FCS level. New Mexico State, I think it's basketball and it's basketball only. I can't see the football program ever being competitive again, especially in the Sun Belt. Because when this when New Mexico State even had their good year, the Sun Belt was not where it is right now. That's that's where I see it. Sorry. Yeah, I mean it's it's a sad truth for sure. Um, you know. And, and I guess like the Sun Belt has faced that reality that I mean they're they're not a basketball league and we're, and we're seeing that where um, they're not really kicking out UTA or or Arkansas Little Rock but they're they're they are. separate ways. Oh, they're they're actually kicking. Out. I thought those schools just decided that uh, it's it's just not for them. I don't know. I don't know which side. I think it's the Sun Belt side. I think the Sun Belt is kind of just pushing them out the door because from what I heard, I think Matt Brown said this. They want to focus football. They want to focus hard football. And if you don't have a football team, you're not going to be in the conference. Central Arkansas was the first team to get the boot. If you didn't know, their women's soccer team was in the Sun Belt for a few years. They're gone now, too. They're moving with the A-Sun. And UTA and Little Rock are next. Okay, yeah. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure, like, which, like, who made the decision because I, I figured UTA and, and Little Rock saw the writing on the wall and just decided that things weren't for them. Uh, I guess with that, I want to ask, like, where do you think they, they land? Because the Southland looks like they need schools, but that could just be a huge mess with the amount of non, non-football schools and football schools that they have. Uh, and also maybe the WAC. The WAC's always looking like this. I mean, at least for Arlington, the WAC is always looking to strengthen themselves. But again, like the whole non-football football divide is in the way. That's the problem right there is you don't play football. And you, when you don't play that front porch sport, there's not a lot. You're not going to garner a whole lot of interest from a whole lot of leagues. I mean, Little Rock, UTA, I can see them landing somewhere. Maybe one of those conferences that you named Little Rock, I honestly don't know. They, they might be in a situation where 15 years ago, Denver University was playing basketball in the Sun Belt. Weird. They might be playing in a league that is focused in the, in the Northeast or in the Northwest or something or, you know, somewhere out in the Midwest. They may be traveling. Or they could go independent. That would be that would be a terrible thing for that program, I think. But Little Rock has the biggest decision to make. I think they're at, they have the toughest decision. They've really got to market that program well if they are going to survive this realignment right here. UTA, I think, can land somewhere. I really do. Yeah, I mean, UTA, like, uh, it, it's easy, I guess, with the, the DFW to put UTA anywhere, really. I know, the, I know Matt Brown as well said that the Missouri Valley was looking into expanding into Texas. Um, just It was just an idea, but it, it's not bad, I guess, to have, I guess, a foot in Texas as a, as a solid basketball league, a solid two-bid basketball league at times. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'd be intrigued by that idea. In terms of Little Rock, um, I know we mentioned the, the WAC, the Southland. I think, honestly, the Summit League, always looking, I guess, to strengthen their numbers, really. And they, they do have Oral Roberts out in Oklahoma. They're probably in need of a travel partner. I'm not sure if they have a – oh, yeah, they have UMKC as well. So, I mean, they kind of fit in geographically with that league, but that league's pretty sprawling. So, I mean, you got to fit in anywhere. If you're Little Rock and you're, you're 
you don't have a home, you got to find a home. And honestly, I'm glad you brought that up because that is a fantastic, that might be the best spot for him. And that league level too, it's a good fit. I mean, I guess thinking about Little Rock too, because I just thought about the, the 2016 uh, tournament run that they had. Uh, do you think the Sun Belt loses a lot in terms of basketball with Little Rock? Or, I mean, I'm not sure how, like, how many, I guess, uh, NITs they made in the past few years. No. But, okay. Yeah. I, I, will, I will try to pull this up as fast as I can. That season that they went to the tournament and made some noise, that was the most random season in Little Rock basketball history. That was Chris Beard was the head coach that year. Okay, right. I found it. Yeah, they were 30 and 5. The year before they went 30 and 5, they went 13 and 18. The year after they went 30 and 5, they went 15 and 17. And the year okay. after that, they went 7 and 25 and then 10 and 21. They had a good year a couple years ago and then they went back to 11 and 15 last season. This is not a good program. They historically bad program. Chris Beard is just an unbelievably ridiculously good coach who somehow managed to win 30 games with a bad basketball team. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I didn't even know like Chris Beard was there beforehand. I mean, it explains a lot, really, with the trajectory of his career that it started with that run. One season is all it took to get a job at Texas Tech. That's how bad Little Rock is. He gets one season at Little Rock, wins 30 games, and he's pulled out of the Sun Belt into the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised to find that out. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, they don't lose much, like, like, you, like you say. Um, so... I mean, everyone knows like the 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 leading the front running candidates in terms of like um, being the conference USA schools. But are there any like dark horse candidates that you can see, whether it be from FCS? I, I've seen James Madison thrown around. Um, is there anyone that like we haven't really like, or there hasn't really been much noise on Twitter or on any other social media platforms? Uh, well, okay, dark horse. Then I won't mention James Madison because I I think they're the opposite of the dark horse. I think they're the big prize that the big trophy for any conference looking to expand dark horse. I I've seen at least one person mention old dominion. I feel like that would be a terrible addition for the Sun Belt, uh, but that's one right there. Uh, Eastern Kentucky would be a dark horse because nobody's talking about them. They almost joined the Sun Belt a few years ago. I believe the way it went down the Sun Belt was between coastal Carolina and Eastern Kentucky. And the Sun Belt made the correct choice there, in my opinion. But Eastern Kentucky is another school that is in transition. I think they are joining the American Sun as well. Those would be my that would be my top dark horse out of the FCS. And I guess Old Dominion, just because I really don't want them in the Sun Belt, would be a dark horse addition right there. I don't know. But yeah. I mean, like, is there I'm wondering with like Old Dominion. So I mean, I get, I get that they'd be going from one, I guess, geographical miss, I guess, one uh, bad fit geographically to another, from a uh, conference USA to the Sun Belt. In that they, they still have to travel to San Marcos occasionally, still have to travel to Lafayette and Monroe. But other than that, I mean, the the Norfolk, the the I guess the 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 what's it called the region? I guess the the Tidewater region is a good region, I guess, in terms of TV markets, recruiting as well. Of course, Michael Vick. Other great talents have come from that area. So, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, why the, uh, I guess, dissension towards uh, Old Dominion? <laughs> I, I, have, I have that because I strongly believe in the Sunbelt expansion plan that Carl Benson put in place. 
and that was football, football, football. You've got to play good to great football if you want to play in the Sun Belt. Old Dominion has not done that in a while. I mean, I will give them this. If Old Dominion comes in, they would have just an absolutely stupid budget compared to everybody else in the Sun Belt. But honestly, that, you can say that a lot. You can say that about a lot of Conference USA teams. Budget doesn't translate to success. And Old Dominion has not translated that budget into success at all. I mean, it looked like for a moment two or three years ago, they were going to get over that hump. Was it Virginia Tech that they beat that one night at home? Yeah. It kind of seemed like Old Dominion was going to take that next step and be a competitive Conference USA team. They died out. And they're, they've kind of just they, – they, they're trending downward. Conference USA, Conference USA, the Sun Belt, their plan has always been to bring up from FCS and to bring programs that win conference championships, not programs that win eight, nine, ten games a year, go up and down, ebb and flow, programs that win their conference every other year or every year. That's what they do, and I really feel like that's the plan that they should continue to stick with. Do not go after big markets. Do not. This is this is what happened 10 years ago. Conference USA gets the big markets and they tank. The Sun Belt goes and gets winning football teams and they come up. Stick with the plan. No, I agree with that completely. Uh, yeah, I mean, we see what the conference USA, like you said, and it's just ugly. Like, that's how you get downgraded. You get just blackballed from ESPN onto CBS Sports Network. Not that there's anything wrong. With CBS Sports Network, I find their production great. Um, our podcast had Rich, had Rich Waltz on, on, on it, so we love CBS Sports Network. But it's, in terms of carriage, it's not the best. And not to mention Stadium as well. Uh, stadium's easy to access, but people just don't know about it, so they choose to ignore it. It's, it's just not, it's not a good situation. I had to watch a football game like five years ago on BN Sports. I don't know what that is. I don't know how I found that. I don't know how I was able to watch that game. Conference USA put games on Facebook for a time. They're down I mean, bad. That, that's success. That, that's a good idea. I, I mean, I like the whole Facebook stream. Yeah, it's accessible. Um, I know. I know the go, uh, when you have to go to Twitch to watch a team play, that's a problem. You're you're down tremendously if you got to go to Twitch to watch your football team play. And that's yeah, what I did. That's Georgia point. Southern played at Florida Atlantic literally just this Saturday. I have to watch it on Twitch. Yeah, I mean. Shoot, stay, it was on Stadium. Stadium's accessible. They got the online stream. That, that's all I'm going to say because I talked. I talked to one of the guys at a one of the guys at at a as for football slash brigade review, and he was saying um, it was Labor Day weekend, Air Force Lafayette, and he's like, "Yeah, I didn't watch that game. It was on Stadium." I'm like, you know, they you know they have an online stream that's very easy to access, and he just said, "Oh, I I didn't know." So I'm just saying, like, you don't have to go that far. I mean, it, it's it is there. It is there. Yes. But the money is not. Very true. Um, so, I mean, I've been looking. I've been looking at um, or trying to find the Sunbelt's TV deal, I guess, the payouts per school. I, do you know that compared to Conference USA? Because that's something uh, that, I mean, I'm trying to find in terms of these two conferences. The new Sunbelt ESPN deal, they did not release a monetary figure. The old one was 700000 per school in the Sunbelt, which is not a lot. But – they put in their release significantly higher payout. That could mean anything. So, no, I, I don't know. They won't release it. Somebody should put in an FOIA into that. Maybe I'll do that, figure out who to send that to. But, um, yeah, it's it's really in the dark, which is – it would in this time, 
right now, that's real bad. I feel like that's something we should all know so that we can get a good grip on what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I know um, I know Carpenter USA's last one, I think before they extended with CBS Sports Network, I guess like approximately 2018. Uh, I think they bumped it up from 100,000 per school to 200,000. Um, and like they shamelessly, the 80s shamelessly put that out as if that was a good thing. Um, I can't remember what article it was, but I, I think I saw 200,000 this figure for Conference USA. And That's it. even, I think so. I mean, for, for 2018, and I don't think it increased really. Uh, I mean, that, that sounds like a good estimate because, like, I think they get, what is it, like, 10 games on, uh, on CBS Sports Network a year. So I, I, I think I think it's, it's that low. I'll, I'll, send you, I'll send you an article on Twitter once I find it. I, um, but I, I, th- I think it's that, as low as 200,000 um, as recently as 2018. Um, so I, I think, I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely, like, a draw to go from Conference USA to the Sun Belt, really. Um, I, and I'm sure we all know that, but like, just like the revenue situation, I just, I just can't understand Well, I partly can, but it's, it's amazing. It baffles me how low conference USA went. Um, I, and I had no idea. I, I should have looked that up a while ago. I had no, that's bad. That's bad. I thought 700,000 was bad because in my head, I'm comparing it to the, uh, American conference ESPN deal, which is 7 million per school. So I thought the Sunbelt was maybe pretty far down the totem pole. That's bad. I wonder how much. Oh, okay. how much so, it, it's around it's around four hundred thousand. It was um, four hundred thousand in twenty eighteen twenty nineteen, but it's still it's still not great. That's not good. Um, yeah, n- not at all. And and it's not like they're getting great exposure. Um, the pandemic gave them great exposure, but uh, in regular years, I mean, not not much. So it'll be interesting to see what schools. I mean, I I don't think um the conference will be dismantled like some people are saying um i still think yeah but it, it's it's just not ugly i mean it's i mean it's not pretty it's, it's ugly at the moment even if they lose let's say let's say they lose four schools which i think is the max i think that's where they top out they still have enough teams to fill the conference that can create a a conference championship game and honestly 10 teams that would be a great way to rebuild if if you know i'm, I'm conference usa because one your payouts become bigger because you're splitting it amongst a smaller group. Two, and this is something I just learned in Ethan Joyce's article. He talked to Carl Benson recently. He said that the Sunbelt went to 10 teams because in their research, they found that 10-team conferences actually did a lot better win percentage-wise than 12 and 14-team leagues. So they went to that, and it paid off tremendously because the payouts went way up. The win percentage is way up, and then the payouts went way up, and then the payouts went way further up because there's only 10 teams. So it was a just a fantastic plan. Conference USA should probably mimic that. If they lose four teams, don't go get anybody else. Just regroup with what you got and build from there. I mean, that's a good plan. And I mean, I, I thought I thought New Mexico State would have been. A, I mean, I know I know I'm riding the Aggies hard here, but I thought if uh, Conference USA loses four teams, I thought getting Mexico State and I mean I don't know who else would be there, but maybe someone else from FCS would have been a good plan uh, to get to 12. But I, I didn't know that the win percentage was increased with 10 schools, but it makes a lot of sense, really. I mean, less room, less room for failure, and like less, I guess, unfa- unfamiliarity with those cross divisional matchups, which is a common thing in Conference USA because I don't think 
UTEP's ever visited Marshall or the other way around, and they've been in the same conference since 2005. So they should go get Navy. Um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to piss off Navy fans. Um, by by any to imply that I'm partial, but Na- Navy fans are pretty quiet with this realignment because they like to hold the the whole conference thing over us Army fans. And and look at it now; it's no longer the P six, and they're pretty much the schedule is going to be on par with Army does with what Army does every single year with Army scheduling more Power Five teams. But I'm just gonna that's all I'm gonna say about that topic. Um, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to firestorm for any any Navy fans. Okay, that's fair. And um, so I, I guess on that note, um, I guess we'll we'll come to a close. Uh, Scott, thank you for coming on. You've been great. Do you have any any final statements and any anything you want to promote? Promote Sunbelt pages. Um, no, or, or Sun anything Belt, else? Go get James Madison. That's my only promotion. Go get James Madison. I I do not care if they go get two teams. If one of those teams is James Madison, they could go get Bishop Sycamore. I do not care. <laughs> I don't. Just get James Madison. That's my closing I mean, statement. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think James Madison's time is here. Um, and I'm excited, honestly, to see them make the jump. Uh, may, maybe even we'll see North Dakota State in some conference. I I, I don't know. I but, doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it, too. I mean, they, they like winning national titles. I mean, so who, who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, be, it's better than winning the, uh, I guess, if they're to the Mountain West, it's better than winning, like, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. You know, I mean, national titles speak. So, uh, it, I mean, that's that. But, um Scott, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. Doing some uh, realignment talk. Always a fun time for any college sports fan. Um, And until next time, peace, love, and soul, everyone. Thanks, man.